husband Dan, we call him Dan Dan, um, favorite songs. And uh, so Emma had to ask Miss Betty permission to be able to sing that this morning. And uh, certainly a beautiful song. And uh, we're, we're not going out for children. Not going out for children's church, okay? Um, it is, listen, it is 1120. And um, you do not get used to this, okay? Because you're going to get out early uh, this morning, uh, but do not get used to it. And uh, if you've not been with us and this is your first time, this is I preach this short all the time. So come back next week. And um, uh, But Merry Christmas. I'm so glad you're here this morning with us. Matthew chapter number 1. Matthew chapter number one, we were talking about it last night uh, and talking about um, some of the characters that we find here. Uh, Luke chapter number two, Matthew chapter number one, the Christmas story. And um, we talked last night about Mary uh, and Mary's uh, purity. And we talked last night about Joseph and Joseph's obedience. And um, when Christmas time comes around, uh, we did this. Uh, uh, we did this Wednesday night. Uh, last Wednesday night, we kind of just uh, over in the fellowship hall. We meet over there on Wednesday nights, and uh, last Wednesday night, we kind of talked about what Christmas means to you. And so, when Christmas comes around, uh, we have uh, uh, certain thoughts. We have certain uh, traditions. Uh, we have certain things that we enjoy. Uh, when it comes to Christmas time, and so it was fun to pass, uh, or not pass the mic around, but go, to go around the room and talk about uh, the different things um, that people do during Christmas, and um, from you know telling stories and reading uh, reading the Christmas story and uh, tradition with family, and we think of all these things when it comes to Christmas, but sometimes I think if we're not careful. We can get so busy uh, with the festivities of Christmas uh, that uh, we forget to stop and remember the moments. And um, there's a lot of things uh, during Christmas that we're going to uh, probably forget from Christmas to Christmas. Uh, Maybe some gifts that we got that... uh, uh, that we're so excited about. I don't know if you've ever done this, uh, uh, but then the next uh, the next year, uh, you forgot what that gift was, um, uh, and sometimes you forget. I, uh, we joke because one year, of course, Anna's been a poor college student for the last several years, and so uh, her Christmas is a lot of homemade stuff. Well, last year, she hand-stitched a, um, a pillow, for her mother, and um, and so I'm telling you, I I can't hardly remember any of the other Christmas presents, though we had many. Uh, but uh, Wendy was so thankful for that pillow, and she she was so excited about it, and she said thank you so much, and she held it up, and the bottom corner wasn't stitched right, and stuff started falling out of it, and I mean we just laughed and laughed and laughed, and guess what? We'll probably always remember that pillow, and um, it's just a, it's just a, those moments, right? Some things you forget, but moments 
last a lifetime. And so as we think about uh, uh, the Christmas season, we've got to stop and remember uh, the moments. And as we look at the Christmas story, we remember uh, these moments. We, we've talked about Mary's purity and Joseph's uh, obedience in Matthew chapter number 1. Go down with me in verse uh, uh, 20. The Bible says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. So we saw Mary's purity and Joseph's obedience. And I want you to see the third thing, and I want you to see the fact of Jesus' purpose. Jesus' purpose. So as we think of Christmas time, we think of Jesus in a manger, right? We think of Jesus in a manger. But we need to know, and I know we already do, but need to be reminded of the fact that Jesus is no longer in the manger. Jesus came for a purpose. Jesus came for a reason. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 19 in verse 10, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. So Jesus came for a reason. He didn't come just so we could have another story in the Bible. He didn't come just to perform miracles. He didn't come just to preach. He didn't come just to call his disciples. He came for a specific purpose and a specific reason, and that was to save his people from their sin. You see, Jesus was born of a virgin, right? So he didn't have the seed of Joseph. He didn't have the sin nature. He lived a sinless and perfect life. Now, that's hard for us to grasp. Why? Because we're sinners. You see, the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Not one of us. We've all sinned, right? And we all know what it's like to sin and to be a sinner. Jesus was not a sinner. Jesus never sinned. Now, he was tempted. That's why I can tell you this morning that temptation is not sin. Because Jesus was tempted and Jesus is not a sinner. It's when we fall to that temptation is when it becomes sin. And he was tempted of the devil and still he was yet without sin. So he lived a sinless, perfect life. Why? Because we had to have a sacrifice. Do you understand that? As the human race, we had to have a sacrifice. And that sacrifice had to be without spot and without blemish. Do you understand that's why David couldn't die for you? Do you understand that's why Abraham couldn't die for you? That's why Peter can't take your place? That's why all these people, Paul, all these great men of God, all these great women of God, they could not take your sin debt. Why? Because 
they are sinners just like you and me. And we see examples of, the, of that sin in the Word of God. God uh, uh, often wrote down the good, bad, and the ugly, didn't He? Why? Because He knows that what, what we can relate to. And we can relate to those that have failed, those that have fallen short, those that have missed the mark, but not Jesus. He was without spot and without blemish. He was without sin, tempted in the same points as we are, yet without sin. And he died upon the cross. Now listen, I have a handful of people that I would actually give my life for, that I would actually die for. By choice, I would die for, okay? There's some people, I don't know, I might have to be in the situation to, 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 to know if that I would die for that person. But there's some people I definitely wouldn't die for. I'm just telling you. I, I guess it's just selfishness. But I, I'm telling you, if I had a, a choice, and by the way, if I had a choice to, to save your life, or to give my son's life for your life? I, I'm just, maybe I'm just bearing, maybe I'm just, just telling all, but I, I tell you, I wouldn't have to think too hard. But isn't that what God did? God gave his only begotten son for perfect strangers, in, in an essence. Right? As we think about it in our brain, as we think about it, for sinners, for people that spit in his face, for people that mocked him, for people that scourged him, for people that beat him. Absolutely mind boggling to me that Jesus came for you and for me. That's the kind of love that the scripture talks about, that he came to seek. And to save us. He came to indwell us and be with us. He came to walk with us and talk with us along life's narrow way. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 and 5 that He will never leave us and He'll never forsake us. That's the purpose. The purpose of Jesus came for a purpose. You know what that purpose was? You. That purpose was me. As we see Christmas comes around, and as we see the manger scene, and as we are out and about, and you're looking at lights, and you see people decorating, and you see the manger scene out on the yard, and let me tell you, it should bring a smile to your face. Jesus Christ came for a purpose. He came for you and me. So we see Mary's purity, Joseph's obedience, Jesus' purpose... Chapter 2 and verse 13, I want you to see Herod's selfishness. Herod's selfishness. Chapter 2 of Matthew and verse 13. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to the Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring thee word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Now, you remember, Herod tried to be deceptive. And he tried to say, listen, when you find him, come back and tell me where he is, because I want to I come and worship him too. I want to I come and praise him too. Well, he was a liar. 
What did he want to do? He wanted to destroy him. He was jealous of him. He was jealous of who he was going to be. Listen, he didn't want him to be a ruler. He didn't want him uh, uh, to have uh, any kind of power. He was a very, very selfish man. Can I tell you something? You're not going to like? By nature, we are very selfish people. By nature, that's who we are. And I want, you to, I want you to see here that Herod, his intentions were bad. His intentions were selfish. His intentions, as the devil's intentions as always have been, is to stop Jesus. Stop him from doing what his purpose was and is. Think about Herod. Think about other people in the Word of God how they harden their hearts. You know, people are still hardening their hearts today. Ref- refuse to, to, to believe in Christ. Refuse to believe that people can be saved. Refuse to believe the Scriptures. Refuse, if you call themselves atheists and agnostics and all these other things, and just absolutely harden their hearts and harden their hearts and harden their hearts. You know, I believe in Holy Spirit conviction. I believe without Holy Spirit conviction, there is no salvation. So I believe the Holy Spirit convicts us to be saved, and then He indwells us, lives inside of us, and convicts us along life's way. Like when we say something we shouldn't say, the Holy Spirit convicts us. We go where we shouldn't go, the Holy Spirit convicts us. We do what we shouldn't do, the Holy Spirit convicts us. But I believe that we can continuously harden our hearts where the voice of the Spirit gets quieter and quieter and quieter. Now, I'm not saying that the Spirit of God doesn't still deal with us, but I'm here to tell you, when you harden your heart so many times, the Spirit's voice gets quieter and quieter and quieter. It's kind of like uh, uh, when we got so much stuff going on. We talked about it last night. We got so much stuff going on and, and so, much, so many things are so loud. In our house, it's loud. Like all the time, it's loud. Uh, I, I think my wife, you, does anybody use a fan to go to sleep? Uh, I don't care if it's 25 below zero. I got a fan running right by my head. So I can go to sleep. If I forget my fan when I'm traveling, they have white noise on your telephone. Makes that noise. People think, what? No, I got to have noise. So I'm pretty sure that my wife now goes to sleep to our ruckus in the living room. It's so loud all the time. And God forbid if George is playing. I mean, loud all the time. Well, I'm surprised our neighbors haven't called on us. Loud, 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 loud. We are a loud family. Just talking, we're loud. You know, sometimes things get so loud in life that we don't hear what we should hear. This is my, my wife loves to do this. Listen, she's listening. She'll tell you. She loves to call from the other room. And she'll say an entire sentence, knowing I can't hear a word she's saying except for her voice. So I have to get up out of the chair. I have to pause the game. I have to walk into the other room. 
Yes, 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 we are. What did you say? It's usually something not that important. And I'll say, babe, babe, I'm watching again. Okay, and I'll go back and sit down. And she'll say, knowing that the knowing that the the cow's screaming his head off because because the because the ref made a bad call or or or, or, or Stetson threw a bad pass or something happened, and so he's screaming his head off. So I've got to turn the TV way up and and everything. So pause, walk in. Yes, you know sometimes it gets so loud, but we don't pause, do we? And somebody's somebody's talking. God is. God's trying to speak to your heart. God's trying to guide you. God's trying to lead you. What he's saying is way more important than what's going on around you, right? But we don't pause. We don't listen because so many other things are going on around us. Sometimes God will get our attention. Listen, sometimes God will scream. Sometimes God will raise his voice. Sometimes God has a way of getting your attention. By the way, if you're not paying attention, you don't want God getting your attention. So it's time to pay attention and listen up to what God has to say for us and to us and ultimately through us when it comes to his voice. Stop hardening your heart. Acts 26, 28. This is a tragic verse. Acts 26 and verse 28. You know what? You know what Agrippa told Paul? Almost. Almost thou persuadest me. Almost. Almost Christian. Can you imagine? Listen, an almost Christian is a complete sinner. To be almost saved is to be completely lost. There is no middle ground. There is no almost. Stop hardening your heart. If you're not saved, get it settled this Christmas holiday season. If you are saved, then listen up. Stop hardening your heart. Turn off the things of this world and let your ears be tuned to what God has to say in your life. So I think of Mary's purity and Joseph's obedience, Jesus' purpose, Herod's selfishness. And then I think of the wise men's worship. The wise men's worship. Chapter 2, verse number 11, book of Matthew. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, the wise men's worship. I love this verse in Psalm 95. Psalm 95 and verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. You know, in the book of Revelation, John says, don't, don't fall down and worship me. Worship God. We shouldn't be worshiping angels. We shouldn't be worshiping created beings. We ought to be worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. As we think of the Christmas season, so many things come into our mind, right? They come into our brains. 
decorations and Christmas dinner and family gatherings and, and, and Christmas trees and all these things that we talk about when it comes to Christmas. But I'm telling you, for the born-again child of God, the first thing that should come to our minds is Jesus Christ. It's an overused phrase and it's often become a cliche, but understand this, He is the real reason for this season. And it's easy to forget. I want you to know it's easy to forget. Because even Christians can get caught up. Even believers can get caught up in this time of year and get so busy. This year, our kids will tell you, our kids aren't kids anymore. They're all grown adults. This is the league. You know, every year, every single year we say, this year, you ain't getting nothing. Every year we say that. And every year we liars. Well, this year they all got a little basket. And they just got some practical, practical things. Listen, this year, I'm ashamed to tell you, it's been, how old are you, Kyle? 24. It's been 24 years. I've never given sock and underwear, socks and underwear. I gave socks and underwear this year. <laughs> it's practical, easy. You know why? I'm tell you something. It's so easy. And, I, and even Wendy got me. I said, shouldn't we just get them all like, a, like one big gift? She said, knock it off. Get some help. They got every. What do you get somebody that has everything, right? That's what I say about myself. What do you get somebody that tell Wendy and I tell us all the time? Now listen, during the year, are you like this? I'm just, I'm just here to tell you, I'm a grown man. If I want something, I'm going to go buy it. I don't need you to buy it for me. I'm going to buy it myself. And so we, tell, we say to each other every year, don't buy me anything. I've already bought me. I won't even tell you what I bought myself. I can tell you. I had a very Merry Christmas. But isn't it easy? Isn't it easy to get caught up in, well, I got to get this for this person and get, get this, and I want to get this, and, and you get in. The, and by the way, when you get into the hustle, and you go to Walmart, and you go to the, go to the outlets, and you go all these places, aren't you glad now you could just click a button, and they can ship it to your, ship it to your house? That's nice. But boy, if you get so caught up, so often you'll get caught up in this world. Christmas will get by you and you'll forget. Yeah, preacher, I know he's the reason for the season. Yeah, but do you? Is he who we're celebrating? Can I tell you how many churches didn't have church today? I'm just telling you. It's just inconvenient. That's hard for me to even wrap my brain around. Now, I get it, changing things around. We, we changed the time of our service today. We took our Sunday night and made it a, a Saturday night. I, I get all that. But church and worshiping God should never be an inconvenience for the child of God. But too often, instead of having a, a worshipful mind, during the Christmas season, we have a worldly mind. And I'm for decorating. Come to my house. Looks like Hobby Lobby exploded. Uh, we, we love Christmas. And by the way, we do it before Thanksgiving's over. 
No, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I know. And I'm telling you, it'll stay up. And we just love decorations. And we, lo- we love to look at them. And there's trees. We counted. Well, not me. But the kids counted. In our house, there are over 100 Christmas trees. Now, not full-grown Christmas trees. You know, the little wooden ones and the little... De- so we pick on Wendy all the time. Christmas, Christmas trees, Christmas trees. We love decorating. I say we, I mean Wendy. But we love to, we love to, all, that whole aspect. There's nothing wrong with that. But be careful what you get caught up in. Be careful what you get carried away with. Because so often, you'll get carried away with the wrong thing. And you'll forget that this is a time of worship. This is a time to honor the Lord. This is a time to, do you know, it amazes me. I'm just going to say it out loud. It amazes me, Brother Dwayne, how many people that would pitch a fit, I mean a fit, if I had canceled services today, but they didn't come to services. I mean, they would have done a backflip on a pulpit. I mean, they'd have yelled. They wouldn't have yelled at me. They'd have yelled at Dwayne. But they'd have yelled at somebody. But what's important? I don't, I'm not talking about people that are sick. I'm not talking about people that are town. I'm not talking about that. And I'm here to tell you, what you deem important is what you're going to spend time on. What you deem important, you're going to spend money on. I heard a preacher say this now. It's kind of obsolete now that we don't use checkbooks much anymore. But they can say, I heard a preacher say one time, you can really tell who you love by looking at your checkbook. Right? Because what you spend money on is what you love. We say that we love God, but we spend all of our time and all of our money and all of our resources and all of our talent to the Lord, or to the, to the world. And then when we come to church, if we come to church, we're so tired. We're so beat up. Because we spent everything on the world. Let's give God our first fruits this Christmas season. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for your love for us. Lord, you're such a great God, and we're so thankful for a day that we can come and celebrate to uh, your birth. Celebrate what you have done. You are great and greatly to be praised. And this Christmas season, I pray that you'd help us to remember obedience, to remember purity, to remember your purpose, to remember to worship. I know today is Christmas, but it is a season, and I pray that you'd help us as a people to be sensitive to your calling, be sensitive to your voice, to be sensitive to your word, not only today, but in the days ahead. Head bowed, eyes are closed.